Hi, I'm Kelsey Sizer. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Paula Gilbert about the state of mobile money in Africa. We discuss which regions are experiencing the most growth with mobile money and what challenges still remain to financial inclusion in Africa. Hey, Paula, welcome back to What's the Story? Hey, Kelsey, nice to see you. Good to be back. You too. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Excellent. Uh, So you had um, a report on uh, mobile money in Africa this week. Um, And before we dive into it, can you talk a little bit about um, you know, what mobile money is and what it looks like in Africa, maybe some of the apps. I mean, I'm sure most people are familiar with like Cash App and Venmo, but like what what does mobile money look like um, in Africa specifically? Yeah, sure. So I actually think it's a little bit different to just like mobile apps that um, maybe you use in other parts of the world. So basically, mobile money has been on the rise since Kenyan operator Safaricom launched um, their version, which was called M-Pesa back in 2007. And then since then, most mobile operators have launched their own version of the fintech service, which is now booming across the continent and, and growing globally. So it's started off as a payment service. So basically for people to send cash from one person to the other. So you'd literally, you know, take it to an agent, give them the cash, and then they would send it virtually, and then someone could get the cash out on the other side. But since then, it's kind of evolved a lot into people being able to pay for services, like for their electricity, um, any kind of government services, paying at shops. So basically, it enables people who don't have a bank account to still use uh, not have to use cash all the time to use their mobile phone to pay for things. Um, but yeah, it's evolved into a lot of things. Now there's savings, there's uh, insurance, all sorts of things tacked on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great um, opportunity, like you said, for people that maybe don't have a bank account or historically haven't, um, you know, just had access to um, easier ways, um, you know, to transfer money. Um, so any other updates on, um, you know, the status of mobile money in Africa and and what kind of growth that you're seeing? Um, I know the, your article, I think referred to a report from the GSMA. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, like I said, it's growing a lot in Africa and then we've also seen it grow as like a, uh, quite a phenomenon across the world with big growth in Asia as well, which makes sense because there are a lot of similar like lower income countries, uh, in Africa and Asia. So the story I covered was this report from the GSMA, uh, that they do every year. It's called the state of the industry on mobile money reports. This one's for 2023. So, um, what it showed was that mobile money transaction values grew 22% last year to almost 1.3 trillion us dollars. Um, and we also are seeing growth in the number of people who have accounts. So they're now 1.6 billion registered, uh, users, well, accounts globally, which grew about 13% and 781 million of those are in Africa. Um, and it grew, grew a bit faster here, about 17%. So some of the growth came because of regulatory changes in sub-Saharan Africa, particularly in Nigeria and Ethiopia, where we saw quite good um, adoption, you know, rising of adoption there. So at the moment, about two-thirds of the growth in mobile money is in sub-Saharan Africa, and about a fifth is in South Asia. Um, and then we also saw North Africa grow quite a bit, like 15% during the year, and they have about 18 million uh, mobile money accounts, but the other 760 plus million are in sub-Saharan Africa. So it's really where the bulk comes from. Um, 
so kind of to put it in context with the transaction values, um, 3.45 billion US dollars is transacted every day using mobile money globally, um, which was way above expectations. Back in 2020, it was about $2 billion a day. Um, so this report, like I said, is from the GSMA, but it's also funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And what they found was that adoption is going much quicker than we even thought it would. So it took the industry 17 years to reach 800 million customers. And then it took just five years to reach the next 800 million. Um, and like we were talking before, why this is so important is because there are still 1.4 billion people worldwide who are unbanked. And so they need alternative financial services and kind of payment options. Um, in addition to, um, you know, paying uh, maybe like an invoice or utility bill or something, is it also a way for, um, does it does it make it easier in terms of employment for people to receive payment um, if they don't have a bank account? Yeah, I mean, there's so many services. So there's literally, I would say thousands, if not maybe a million across, <laughs> the, across the world of different things. Um, a lot of it is like peer-to-peer -peer payments. That's what it started okay. out as. Um, but yeah, you have people getting paid into mobile money accounts for their salaries, um, that kind of stuff. So it's opening up the world to people who don't want to use a bank um, because the costs are so high um, mm -hmm. with banking, you know, fees and all of that. That's a lot of the things that, that keep people um, away from banks and would rather just operate in cash or um, yeah, use these kind of mobile services. And it, you don't actually need a smartphone. So they've evolved into apps that can be smartphones, but you can still use feature phones. There's like USSD options to send money as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's definitely helpful if it's... Um you know, it, it sounds like the adoption is more lower income, so they're probably not likely to have a smartphone anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's definitely good. how it started. And then I think it's kind of evolved and now there's like an offering for both as peop more people move on to smartphones. Mm -hmm. uh, and what are some of the challenges that um, still remain? I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, banking fees, um, you know, maybe being a, a barrier to someone having a bank account, are there additional fees, for example, um, with mobile money? What, what are some of the challenges still for adoption? Yeah, I think um, most of them will take like a small cut. Um, I, I think it's usually from the sender rather than the receiver. Um, but it just depends. I guess everyone's going to make money somehow, right, um, to offer the services. One of the major barriers now is in terms of the mobile gender gap. So um Mobile money has really helped financial inclusion for women and particularly women in rural communities, but we're still seeing this quite, um, you know, wide gap remaining. So women in low and middle income countries are still 28% less likely than men to have a mobile money account. Um, and even though now we're seeing more women than ever before having accounts, um, some countries we're seeing the gap widening a bit in places like Nigeria and Pakistan. So the main barrier is the fact that less women in general own mobile phones than men. Um, and then the other kind of barriers and cultural norms that that hold them back from using the services as well. So I think something that could help here would be increasing women's digital skills and their awareness, you know, to the benefits of mobile money, um, and then also tackling those social norms that are preventing women from using those fintech services. Yeah, that kind of answered my next question. I was going to ask if part of the problem was uh, maybe some of those women don't have mobile phones or, or access to them. So it sounds like that's part of it. Yeah, ownership. Because um, in some cultures, there's a thing that, you know, the male controls the money mm -hmm. in the household and, and doesn't want uh, their, their daughters or whatever to be online. They see it as unsafe. Um, so there's lots of different issues around that. So we've got to like improve safety and improve 
I would say just digital skills of people understanding how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's always a challenge to um, tackle some cultural norms, uh, make changes there. Uh, can you talk also about growth in mobile money agents? What's going on there? Yeah, so um, I kind of explained a little bit at the beginning, but the agents are kind of fundamental to the ecosystem, um, especially, you know, in the beginning. So basically, you've got agents in a town, you bring your money to them, they convert it, and then it sends to your family in a rural area or whatever, they can go and get the cash out from the agent. Um, That's sort of the most basic form of of mobile money. Um, But what we've seen is globally, there were 12 million agents in 2021, and then it grew to 17 million in 2022, which is a 40% increase in one year, which is quite a lot. And a lot of the growth came from Nigeria. Um, This is because they issued new licenses um, to mobile money providers, um, like specific banking licenses, um, which they hadn't had before. And so there was like 40% growth in registered agents just in Nigeria um, in the year. So yeah, agents remain a really important part of the ecosystem and they were responsible for two thirds of all cash in transactions. And then I guess the other third would be people who use bank cards to put money in and then send. But majority of people seem to still do it in cash. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, As we close out, anything else from the report that you wanted to highlight or um, you know, yeah. any, anything that stuck out? Yeah. So I think maybe, um, the regional growth was quite interesting for Africa. So predominantly we used to always see East Africa as the powerhouse um, and they still have the most, the most accounts there, but actually West Africa is, is gaining traction. Um, and we saw a lot of mobile money growth there between 2018 and, and 2022, and then a lot last year. So West Africa actually last year had the highest number of new accounts in any region worldwide. Um, and the countries that were kind of leading were Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, and Senegal, and then close behind Benin, Burkina Faso, and Mali. And then, like I said, quite good uh, traction in Nigeria because of this um, payment service banking license that they gave to quite a lot of people, um, telcos and fintechs as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, thanks, Paula. Um, looking forward to continuing to follow this. And um, thanks for providing us with uh, such an interesting update. Sure. Thanks. I hope it all made sense to the to the listeners. Um, and yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots of updates on this going forward. It's something that just keeps growing. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Paula, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.